little shunk. Oh, you got it. Mm-hmm. So I got a big old cube here ready for me. But how big? Show me how big. <laughs> how big are your cubes? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome once again to Chill Filtered, the podcast where we drink whiskey so you don't have to. But you probably should, and you probably are, and that's why we like you. And we like you for a lot of other reasons, too. But uh, you know what I like right now? I like Whiskey Del Bach. And, um, but before I talk about Whiskey Del Bach or any of their cool global cask series bottles or Ode to Isla or anything like that, uh, let's talk about some business. Uh, hit us up on Instagram. We don't always say that, but we love talking to our listeners. Uh, we also got some good comments this week from our last episode with Nick Taylor from Found North. Uh, love those comments on YouTube. We're still building up our YouTube presence after almost two years. I just I looked at the um, our our first like official episode um, episodes on YouTube, and we've been doing this for like two years now, at least on YouTube. But we've been doing this for five plus now. Yeah, easily five plus. Yeah, Almost and we got some good. Now. We got some good comments too uh, from Instagram mm-hmm. from people. We uh, we totally. reached out. We put up a post and we asked people for some uh, some questions that we can ask. Mm-hmm. And again, we'll enter. We'll introduce introduce them here in a second. But yeah. uh, some some questions to ask our uh, our uh, interview today. Yeah. So if you want to be so, part of that too, and you want to come up with uh, questions for us to ask on future episodes, you can come in on Instagram and out. respond to our stories. Yeah. So that's the business. Uh, here is the podcast, Brian. You doing all right? Quick answer. Yes. Quick, <laughs> quick answer. Yes, definitely. Uh, Thanksgiving well, was great. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> I was wondering what your entry buzzing on. Oh yeah, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, just uh, everything's going well. Nothing crazy going on here. Uh, kind of gearing up for a trip to New York here in a couple of weeks. So that that'll Ooh. be a lot of fun. Maybe I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that on a on a later Ooh, episode, maybe next yeah. week. But uh, entry buzz today is a smattering of Del oh, yeah. Hey, I, I got the uh, Sentinel Rye, a couple sips of that. Just reminded Which myself batch? what that was like. The batch two. Nice, the batch nice. two that we did on an episode not too long ago. And then ago, yeah. mm-hmm. also picked up that fall release of the Del Bach Distiller's Cut. So Dustin's I'm, Cut or Dustin's Batch or whatever. Yeah. I'll have to look and see if there's a name on here, but it is no, the fall I think it's that 2023 one. It's the release. most recent one. Nice. I think yeah, yeah. Mark can you know, correct us later if we're wrong. But. Nice. And uh, so I'm working my way through that now before I get to Ode to Isla Bash 1, which Ooh. I'll do mid-conversation here coming up, nice. uh, all in lead up to the Ode to Isla Batch 2 that we're going to drink today. hey And without further ado, I'd like to invite uh, Mark Viertaler. Did I pronounce that right? I think I got that you right did. this time. Yeah. No, hey. you got it right. 100%. Yeah. Nice. So so uh, you, I guess you're maybe still on the clock or are you done for the day or um, being a I'm... head distiller at a big deal distillery <laughs> you know <laughs> kind of kind of in between right now you know uh mm-hmm. always representing the brand obviously branding uh, totally. mm-hmm. disappearing in and out because i'm totally in the barrel room right now for those of you watching <laughs> <laughs> there's so many uh, barrels i know well this is actually a photo of our barrel room so this I is what the rick house looks like okay, i think so if you i guys... slide to the side oh, go there we go yeah, is that one of the, the port or not the port? One of the sherry butts or something like that. So this is actually we currently have two fifty three gallons that okay, we gotcha. laid down just over three years ago. Uh, for those of you, yeah, who are familiar with our you know majority, like ninety nine point nine percent of our initial yeah, aging yeah. is done in right fifteen. 
15 uh, that's right mm-hmm. yeah yeah so smaller format barrels and mm-hmm. uh so a little bit before i came on actually uh the conversation got started of it's not super efficient using small mm-hmm. barrels you know we're making amazing whiskey doing it but mm-hmm. 53s just make a lot more sense financially it's more of a standard Makes size sense. so mm-hmm. so we laid those down i'd say God, June of 2020, I think. Okay. So Veronica, who was my predecessor, yeah. and Dustin, who's um, our lead uh-huh. distiller, they laid these nice. down. And, you know, we've been polling and we've been sampling it. It's really good. Really? It's not quite Del Box. So we're trying mm-hmm. to figure out what we're going to do with them now. But mm. yeah, I remember going there first and and just being like when Veronica was there, and we visited. I was dumbfounded. Because I've probably mentioned this before, but I used to be a hater on smaller barrels, like small format barrels. And and then I was like, okay, I guess you can do it right. My thought is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, is there's, there's just a smaller window uh, as opposed to like, yeah. So there's years. a there's a lot involved in it, actually. So like, mm-hmm. the, you know, obviously when I'm giving tours, I'll beat that drum and be aggressively mm-hmm. confrontational about small format barrels. Because <laughs> you've got you've to know what you're doing. Um, and totally. it is really easy to do it poorly, which is, I think, yeah, one absolutely. of the reasons it has a really bad reputation. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, we we focus on how we do our fermentations. We focus mm. on super narrow cuts. Totally. Narrow cuts is a big thing because you want these wide cuts for 53-gallon barrels because what's a flaw in mm. new make is going to esterify. It's going to oxidate. Yep. It's going to change. It's going to evolve into these really interesting nuanced flavors you don't have the time in the small barrels mm-hmm. those small barrels you we start censoring around 10 months average is 12 longest we're going to let that ride is 15 because you're getting gotcha. so much extraction mm-hmm. you let it ride too long and it's just it's like drinking permanent marker it's totally over extracted it's too tannic it's way mm-hmm. overhooked yeah you know are I you loved, able to comment um, at all on what's in the barrels in the big ones uh, same oh, is thing. It it's charred, just, or is it just uh, non-charred? It's a number three char. So okay, gotcha. basically, basically the same format we use for our fifteen mm-hmm. gallons, just in a larger format. Uh, and we actually have two different cooperages who made it. So we're doing huh. a side by side to kind of see what we thought of for the fifty threes. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's but I'll, I'll keep cool. that I... under my hat for a little while. <laughs> yeah, I. You know, the funny thing is, is that. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how these barrels go. Because right. like I said, you guys are nailing it. Like I've said this before, is that this like even Dorado, standard Dorado from Delbach is reminds me of Ardbeg Corvrecken. Like, which I, I want to say Corvrecken be, breaks 10 years. I want to imagine mm-hmm. it's somewhere closer to 13 to 15. Um, and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but for 15 months max, that's insane to me that someone could hit that that mark um so we had a yeah. we had a visitor a couple of months ago uh, mm-hmm. kind of a big name within the mixology cocktail world mm-hmm. and we were really excited you know we, we brought him out we did the full tour and you know he was he was interested and you could mm-hmm. tell though when we got to the barrel size you could kind of tell like you can see that change in the face uh-huh. like, oh because he had never had our stuff before. He's, oh, you know, that's a big coming deal. In, yeah. yeah, coming in blind. I came so in the opposite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, let's, we sit him down, you know, we, yeah. we pour all the samples and we start with the classic Dorado, which is what we always start with. Like, this is totally. our core. This is a good mm-hmm. platonic ideal of what we create. And mm-hmm. he takes it and he. Yeah, there's no like soapiness. There's no, yeah. 12 months. This <laughs> is 12 months. 
And like he yeah. kept coming back to that. He's like, I he's like, I'm just I'm struggling to believe it. I'm like, if you know what you're doing. <laughs> and that nice. Sonoran desert heat, too, you know, yeah. and things having, up in a way. Mm -hmm. having the right uh, environment, um, mm -hmm. you know, what is a challenge and, you know, can be a detriment. Uh, yeah. This is, you know, we had this abysmal heat dome this past summer mm -hmm. wow. that completely we already have terrible angel share mm -hmm. looking at increased heat now we have to deal with maybe even more angel share wow. and mm -hmm. yeah so it's 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 an advantage it creates really good interesting whiskey mm -hmm. there's also those things you have to balance on the business yeah, side absolutely. of things to make it make sense totally. yeah so what's typical evaporation loss you guys are seeing for we were gallon? we were averaging 10 percent a year Okay. Yeah. We were hitting 12, 13, sometimes 15% this summer. Oh, wow. So yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping we, I'm sure we're going to, that's the way the yeah. trend is going right now is these just absolutely miserable heat dome, just abysmal totally. summers. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, so already, already we're dealing with massive loss. Mm -hmm. And so now we have to look at increased loss. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and that, you know, for consistency's sake, that might be, uh, a little scary to keep up with, I would imagine. Yeah. And I don't know that we'll ever, you know, th these 53s are going to be really interesting uh, mm -hmm. because I don't know that we'll ever, I, I can say pretty, let me rephrase that. We will never get fully away from 15s. That is, totally. that is part and parcel. You guys are nailing profile. it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Ideally. Yeah. We'd love to start introducing some of the larger format, you know, it's mm -hmm. a little more environmentally responsible. We're, totally. you know, letting it sit a little bit longer. It makes a lot more financial sense. It's mm -hmm. just keeping an eye on what it tastes like and what it smells like and getting yeah. all the right, you know, organoleptic qualities that make Del Bach Del Bach because we don't want to change mm -hmm. that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I would hate for you guys to yeah, go from something that you have now and then just for the sake of, uh, you know, upgrading the barrels to be like, well, you know, it's three years in a, in a, in a standard barrel, but it's like, you know, 12 to 14 months in a, you know, 15 gallon air, but you know, but, but like, like I, I've, you know, mentioned on the podcast before is like young whiskey can be um, very obvious. And a three year single malt is truly scotch level. You know, it's like, you gotta be minimum <laughs> three for a scotch single malt. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes that's on the low end for a single malt in my, you know, thoughts about it. So. So I'm planning uh, a little. Wait, how many years are you planning on going? Uh, so I don't know that I've convinced you can go everyone three. else. Don't, don't don't get me wrong. Like three we've done isn't... we've done three. Yeah, <laughs> uh -huh. I I'm I'm still not happy with where they're at. Honestly, mm -hmm. um, now I, I was that. I was gone. I was gone on vacation for Thanksgiving, and Dustin mm -hmm. and Stephen, our co-founder, pulled some samples, and they oh. were like, "Okay, we really like it." So I'm like, "Okay, mm -hmm. I'm I'm going to sit down with these and let's let's see," but. Also, the part of me that, you know, loves bottled and bond releases, I'm like, totally. you know, we can sit on it for a couple more months and we can have a bottled and bond. That'd be cool. Now, yeah, don't yeah. know that that's going to happen, but, yeah, you know, yeah. this is me dreaming. <laughs> right, totally. right. Yeah. I'm so, playing a little catch ahead, up, Brian. playing a little mm -hmm. catch up here. So uh, you mentioned what the, um, was it 15 gallon, mm -hmm. 15 mm -hmm. gallon barrels? Um, you mentioned what the 15 gallon barrels that... Um, 12 months, 15 months, really pushing it kind of. So on, on all your, your products across the board, is that, is that basically how long they've been aged for? Or uh, tell me what your normal aging process is like for Dorado and for even the distiller's guts and everything like that. 
So Dorado and Classic averages 12 months on both of those. So for our core, uh, again, we're going into 95% brand new medium plus toast, number three char, virgin oak. We've started adding some second use and even the occasional third use 15 gallon in to get a little more nuance, reuse the oak, be a little more responsible. But Classic Dorado, what you're tasting is an average of 12 months. Um, Nice. The global cast collection, the distillers cuts, that's all over the map. Um, nice. Though, as you I, as you guys were talking about before I was able to hop on, yeah, the Fall 23, uh, that's Dustin's blend, which mm-hmm. we're really excited about. Uh, I want to say the oldest in that was about three and a half years. Wow. Uh, so that had wow. some three and a, a half, 15? some one half. No, okay, no. Cool. So that's, that's again, we're pulling everything from that initial aging out of that small barrel. And then gotcha. we're going into finishing barrels. Nice. Uh, we'll ask people, people be like, oh, how long are you finishing? And I have the obnoxious answer until it's done. Yeah, uh, but it's like the maker's mark answer. Yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes it's, it's three ready. months. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's three months. Sometimes it's two years. Um, okay. It just yeah. really depends on does it hit the what we're looking for? And, you know, and sometimes it surprises us. Sometimes, you know, I like to come in and be like, oh, yeah, we know exactly what we're looking for. But sometimes mm. with the distiller's cuts, with the unique finishes, it's just a matter of. Yeah, you know, we're not feeling this. We're not vibing on it. And then one yeah. day we'll go in, we'll dip and we'll pull and be like, okay, pull this now. Like this, nice. get this into stainless. This is where we want it. Yeah. It's going to go into a bottle. Love that idea happen? that it could be finished for longer than it was aged originally. Oh, yeah. Original that is cool. So Does it I'm, happen often where you overshoot it, where you're like, I just want to see if it gets better, and then it kills it? You know, thankfully, not since I've been nice. here. At nice. past distilleries, I have done that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have done the like, yeah, this is really good, but let's let us let it ride. Mm-hmm. And then you come back to it, and you're like, and now it's over-oaked. Um, wow, yeah. And, you know, there's always things you can do with it. You can blend it away. You can use it as, like, a, as a spice agent in future blends. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that's a lesson learned over a long time being in the industry is, you know, yeah. when you first start, you're like, Oh God, I ruined this. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Like, is this, cause I'm not going to bottle it. I'm not going to sell this. I'm not going to put something <laughs> out. We're not proud of. Mm-hmm. And then you go, well, there's other things you can do with it. You know, nice. um, blending. I'm really excited. gets a lot more attention in the whiskey world today. Mm-hmm. I feel like for a long time, a distilling kind of got the lion's share, at least within like American whiskey. Mm-hmm. And we're finally starting to recognize how important blending is and you can have a barrel that is maybe way off. It just doesn't meet spec. It's just completely unbalanced, but it can be added to other things. It can add that mm-hmm. nuance. It can add that little bit of, of change that you want or need. That's good to know. I have yeah. a question regarding blending. Uh, we were talking last week to Nick Taylor from found North and he basically sources Canadian barrels which are usually high concentration grain, um, you know, like high corn, high rye, mm-hmm. um, maybe tiny bit of barley altogether in the end. But um, the interesting thing with him was he, not, he basically showed me and, you know, we talked about it, that blending is not as easy as it sounds, uh, <laughs> especially. And he was saying like, yeah, you had, you had one thing and it just ruins everything. And you, you put two really good, uh, you know, portions together and it makes a bad whiskey mm-hmm. uh how has that been for you especially with these global cast series uh ones 
Um, it's, it's being thoughtful, it's mm-hmm. being meticulous, and it's also not having so big of an ego that you don't go, I screwed that up. Uh-huh. Um, we blend in small batches initially. Um, mm-hmm. I've never been super comfortable doing like, all right, we've got five barrels, dump them, yeah. let's roll. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because the other challenge is sometimes it doesn't scale properly. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's like cooking. It's like yeah, yeah. batching cocktails. It's like any other thing right. that like in a smaller format, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate. Mm-hmm. Um And so it's just, it's also taking the time, uh, you know, I'm in the process right now of working on next year's distillers cuts and it has been several weeks of here's four or five blends. I'm going to taste them now. I'm going to let them sit 24. I'm going to let them sit a week and I'm going to keep coming Mm -hmm. back to them. Um, the hardest part, and like, this is something that I, I always stress to people is consistency. Yeah. Like, like genuinely, like it's, it's easy is not the right word, but for lack of a better term, it's easy to create amazing Mm one-offs. Like if it is really easy to go like, Oh my God, these three things or these four things or these two things together. Absolutely brilliant. It is really hard to consistently do that, to know from batch to batch to batch that it's going to taste like it's supposed to that we're on a small enough scale. There's always going to be variants, but we do we do focus on that consistency. Um, that's why the distillers cuts are nice because those yeah. are one-offs. Those are, mm-hmm. this is never going to happen again. Uh-huh. Uh, we're heading into our third year of the global cask in uh-huh. 24. So nice. the Frontera, which is our Pedro Jimenez and the mm-hmm. Normandy, which is our Calvados, mm-hmm. we're focusing on consistency. You know, we're always looking to improve, but the idea is when you crack open a bottle, it's going to be relatively similar from year to year. It's one of the reasons I really also like the Ode to Isla, though, because the Ode to Isla, we're not doing that. The Ode to Isla yeah. is going to be different every year. We we want to kind of create, again, that same sense of adventure, that sense of change, that sense of, hey, yeah, what we did last year was really good, but let's let's see if we can dial this knob. Let's see if we can change this slider. So... Yeah, I know um, there's I, there's an easy answer to this question. I'm just curious what you're actually going to say. Uh, yeah, uh, there's a there's fun um, fun to um, experiment and whatnot, and and uh, make it a little different here or there. Like uh, for example, this year is finished in rye barrels. Last year was mm-hmm. finished in bourbon barrels. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it that you can pinpoint to say? But here is the consistency here's the homage here's what the heart of the product is that we're having a little fun around uh with the ota isla it's the smoke um mm-hmm. and it's that mesquite smoke i mean that is the that is the core of it and as you, you know you guys are whiskey fanatics you you've had i'm sure your fair share of islas mm-hmm. and you know that even different islas from different or from the same distillery can have different levels or mm-hmm. maybe they're utilizing a different uh, a different barley or they're you know changing one of those knobs in there that it's going to change the profile it's going to change how it tastes but you're still focused around that smokiness that that medicinal mm-hmm. that iodine and so that's kind of the heart of the Isla is we're going to play around with barrel finishes. We're going to play around with smoke levels. You know, last year's had a little bit of some unsmoked blended in this year's doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so it's, but I think you're going to be surprised when you taste it. Like Mm -hmm. he's saying there's no one smoked in there. Yeah. It's, it's different. Um, 
That's it was cool. it was interesting having people try it and you know we'll talk about it once we once we pop the new bottles and kind of mm-hmm. discuss you know the flavor profiles but some of the f- initial feedback we got from some of our long-term fans mm-hmm. was really cool and really interesting and we're going to try and keep pushing that envelope again but it will always come back to that core of the mesquite smoke you know this yeah, this idea of creating something that when you open this bottle when you pour this dram you are in the sonoran desert in winter time mm-hmm. and it's just bringing those emotions and those feelings back yeah and what you're doing with that smoke specifically for odila uh how does that differ from say dorado or or um well, I guess we'll just stick with Dorado because that's a core product. Mm-hmm. Um, is it like 1.5 times smoke and that's what we shoot for for Odaila or how does that play out? So, yeah. So Dorado, we've actually tweaked over the years. Um, Dorado used to be a lot smokier than it is now. And smoke's divisive. Um, mm-hmm. For better or for worse, I'll fully admit I'm a big fan of smoke. I love big peaty scotches. Uh past distillery we made a smoked bourbon that had five different woods that were used to smoke the oh wow and it was the new make you would taste it and it would be like you would just smoke a cigarette like it was just Uh this long lasting just aggressive smoke but it aged into this honeyed note oh nice and so but not everyone loves that you know it's distinctive Mm -hmm. it's interesting but you know, we got feedback over the years that maybe it was just a little too much. And so over the years, we've pulled the smoke in the mash bill down. We don't use as much mm-hmm. of the smoked malt as we used to. Uh, we also do blend in a little bit of classic into mm-hmm. that to, again, kind of temper that. Uh, we have kind of set guidelines on Dorado. But again, it comes back down to palate. You know, Dustin and I are sitting there tasting every batch of classic, every batch of what we call our MS, mesquite smoked aged spirit. Mm-hmm. And we're going to adjust that blend to try and hit a consistent smoke level. Uh, the Dorado, we want it p- present. You know, we want it to be through. We want it to finish and you know, have that nice long mesquite kind of lingering in the at the end of it. The ode is to make it front and center. Uh, it is to it's kind of ephemeral. You know, it's mm-hmm. when we were doing this year's blend, I want to say we went through five or six blends like we. We tasted it. And in fact, we had our set blend and we harvested the batch and we Mm. went back to it and we're like, it's not where it needs to be. And so we added some more smoke to it and we actually pulled, there's actually a rechar barrel in this batch. Like we experimented with a rechar and it was Mm -hmm. beautiful and it was so different. And it's like using bitters in a cocktail. That was kind of one of those final pieces that as it went in, it was like, oh, here's this kind of interesting nuance within it. Mm -hmm. Do you ever, um, you know, with the smoke levels, you know, in in Isla or, you know, even in the scotch world, there are phenols uh, in, you know, parts per million. Have you ever considered getting a, like a phenol scale for like Dorado or Odila or anything like that? So I want to say it was back in 2021. We actually Mm -hmm. did send in... Um, a couple of bottles of Dorado and mm. we got our, you know, we got our parts per million. We got our polyphenol content. We got our mm. Guayacol. We, you know, nice. got everything kind of broken down. And then we also sent in a bottle of Lefroy nice. for <laughs> side by side. And totally. I would, I would love to do that eventually mm-hmm. uh, that consistently yeah. be able to send in something, get that back. And then, you know, we can adjust that. Mm-hmm. Um, science can only get us so far. I mean, that's yeah. kind of one of the cool things about 
distilling, especially on yeah. our scale, is it's yeah, we can look at numbers on a screen and mm. but also sometimes how you perceive it is different. Yeah. You know, we can look at that line and say, okay, we have 45 parts per million of polyphenol in this batch of Dorado, but we're not perceiving it. We're not, it's not mm -hmm. showing up on the palate. It's just like, you know, within beer, you have your IBUs. Mm -hmm. I've had some beers that are the IBU in theory is off the scale, but mm -hmm. you don't get that. It doesn't come across on the Makes palate. Sense. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I always wondered that. Yeah, and you're right. You know, it's, it's very, uh, you know, I've tried, what is it? Ardbeg's typically in the 50 range and Lafroy's typically in like the 20 to 30 range. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but sometimes Lafroy tastes a lot smokier than Ardbeg, in my opinion. Uh, so that's a good point. I love that. So I, uh, I've got the fall release that, mm -hmm. uh, which it is Dustin's, correct? Correct. Yes. Um, so I just finished, uh, my glass of that and, uh, and man, it, uh, took a long time sitting in the glass for it to open up uh to the point where i was finding sweetness on the nose mm -hmm. um but i did find it i think I, I didn't give it enough credit the first time i sipped it because uh I, I opened it up and i poured it and i sniffed a little bit and then i started drinking it and it was it was all smoke and it was very big uh very big smoke uh to the point where i wasn't getting any of the uh, uh tawny port or the mm -hmm. sautern uh finishes that were on there but after let, letting it sit for a bit, I, I could finally find that. I think I it was sitting in the glass for about forty minutes or so before I was getting it on the nose. Um, what are your uh, what, what's your take on that fall release, real quick, before we start talking about Ode and everything? Yeah. So um, so this year's so I'm really excited to talk about this actually. So this year's distillers cuts were really different. So in the past, our distillers cuts have kind of been edicts from the head distiller. It's been this is what it's going to be. It's going to be these barrel finishes. It's going to be this blend. And, you know, this is our chance to show off. And heading into this year, um, I, I had three distillers with me, uh, Dustin, Abby and Raymond. And nice. it's I get a lot of the attention. Um, you know, I'm a little more public facing. I'm, I'm head distiller. You know, I, we I had an Instagram follower comment on how handsome you were. A totally yeah. anonymous. Totally anonymous. As I sent that, I was like, oh, God, I hope this isn't anonymous. So they're going to be like, okay, Mark's just being a jackass right now. Yeah, right. right. Um, but yeah, so like I, I wanted them to get the recognition because they're working just as hard. They're yeah. working harder than I am. I, I get the mm -hmm. fun part. I get to have, you know, like final say on stuff. They're the ones that are in there doing the work. And so uh, around September of last year, I went to the three of them and I said, Hey, here's about eight barrels that we have to work with. And I want the three of you to come up with three separate blends. And I don't want you to tell me what's in them but I want you to blend with the idea of seasonality. Like basically I, I want a spring. I want a summer. I want a fall from each of you. And I'm going to go through and I'm going to taste these. And each of you is going to get a distiller's cut. And nice. so Raymond, who unfortunately isn't with whiskey Del Bach anymore. Oh. Um, he did the spring. Um, mm -hmm. Abby, who uh, is now part-time with us because she's going back to school and is going to be a badass journalist. So, oh, wow. yeah, but she's still doing part-time. So are there stuff, openings but... now? And... <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, heading you into... you got to worry about those journalism degree, people. you got to yeah, worry about that's, them. Yeah, that's what I've got. I'm, <laughs> a, I'm a J school guy, so... Uh, but yeah, and so Abby did the, the summer and then Dustin did the fall. Nice. And what was really cool was going in kind of blind to this is 
all three of them had incredibly distinct blends and all three of them had incredibly distinct seasonalities. And, but what was nice was each one had a clear, like Raymond's best blend lended itself to spring. Abby's best blend Mm -hmm. lended it to summer and Dustin's lended itself to fall. And the fall has become my favorite, honestly. And that's not to throw shade on the other two. The other two are beautiful and brilliant. And, you know, Abby's has gotten an amazing amount of attention. It's nuanced. It's light. It's, in my opinion, one of the most scotch-like things we've ever produced. Because while we're single malt, we're not scotch by any stretch of the imagination. But this fall blend that Dustin had, you know, these two dessert wines with two heavy-smoked whiskeys in them i kept coming back to it like it just it kind of blew my mind because like you said it was aggressive like it was this intense in your face but i liked the boldness of it and the first time i sipped it i was kind of like you know i I, i'm not sure how i'm feeling about this but i kept coming back to it and it it also kind of worried me from a business standpoint of smoke to smoke. Like we, we know mm-hmm. the fall's coming out. We know Ode to Isla's coming out. You know, are these going to be distinct enough? Because you want to have that. You don't Absolutely. want stuff tasting the same. And right. I just, yeah, it, it, it was heavy and it was rich and it was oily and long lasting. And oh, yeah. the finish on it, oh my God, the finish mm-hmm. on it just keeps going and we knew that was going to be so that was determined last year so we knew that was going to be the blend with you know some tweaks as we scaled it up but that kind of gave us a nice comparison for the ode you know to be like this is what we're creating with this fall distillers cut this is this again very heavy very dessert again to me it's rich it's this and i get what you're saying it needs some time to breathe like that smoke can just be right up there but to me it's in the mouth feel and that mid palate is this kind of like cherry and this long sweet bright floral finish from the sauterne that kind of let us look at our ode and go what can we do to make this different what can we do to still again bring this this homage to the smokiness, this, this idea mm-hmm. of what we were born out of, but make it, make it just a little bit different and make it just a little bit, ah, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, just a little bit co- to contrast. It's a, it's a contrasting mm-hmm, yeah. product. Yeah. Nice. And there's a, and com- least, there's a comparison uh, that I'm excited. Again, this yeah. one of, one of our big fans who has just gotten, he's excellent at describing things. He actually mm-hmm. tasted the fall and the batch two owed side by side and the analogy he used was brilliant. So I'm, I'm excited to be able to tell that one. <laughs> nice. Well, no, I'll I'm pour a little more fall. Here I wish I had I the uh, fall. Of the slurs cut in case, <laughs> uh, there will be a sample making its way to you one way or another here. Pretty Ooh, soon. Cole sold, but uh, um, yeah, the, um, no, go ahead. it's also spicy. Least... It's 116 proof. 
Yeah. So it's hot, but it's uh, it's hot, but it's delicious. Yeah, and at least back to back with the Odila batch one, the batch one in Odila is nothing, absolutely nothing <laughs> like this this fall release. The nice. the I mean, if the fall release, in my opinion, is ten out of ten smoke, the Odila is like only like five out of ten smoke. Oh, nice. Like it like doubles it in my opinion. Now I know this uh, batch two Odila, we may be expecting maybe a little more smoke. But uh, that'll be fun to compare. I've got a little more port of the fall release now. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, um, and you kept on the batch two Odile. You kept it at one ten. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. One ten. And then we noticed on the bottle. Yeah. The only difference was that it said. Well, only difference on the front was it said it was aged in rye or finished in rye barrels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from my recollection, last year. We talked about at least on batch one, we talked about at least one tequila finish. Is that right? That is so correct. It, the majority was in, or was it all finished in, in ex bourbon for the first one? Uh, so the first one did, uh, majority was ex bourbon with a little mm-hmm. bit of that tequila finish in it. Yeah. And kind of, again, this focus on consistency, but still being able to be kind of playful and change how we're doing it. If you'll notice on the back of this year's, there's still a little bit of bourbon finish in there too. Um, We actually had some of last year's Ode to Isla that we held back. And so this year's majority is the rye finish. Um, Mm. One, that was me being really excited to see what that spiciness, what that, you know, Mm. more vegetal note of the rye was going to do to the smoke. Mm Mm-hmm. But also this idea of, again, taking taking what we've done in the past and utilizing it as an additional layer mm-hmm. in what we're trying to create. Uh, now, for the rye barrels. Oh, go ahead. We did notice that on the back, the labels seem to be identical between batch one and batch two. Yes. Like, lit- literally identical? <laughs> literally <laughs> identical. Okay, okay. So what's up with that? because <laughs> the uh, taste notes, they're tasting <laughs> notes on here so it, like it's similar enough in the ballpark no need it's, to update no that. one reads the taste it, notes. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it is it is and it's you know it's it's working through tasting notes that you anticipate before the final blend so mm-hmm. talking about how sing how things can change as you scale up mm-hmm. um so if it was drastically different you know we would have been like okay this needs to be this needs to be completely scrapped. This needs to be completely changed. But mm-hmm. what I'm trying to also get us to do is kind of drift towards another another set. So like next year's isn't going to be the same as this year's, mm-hmm. but it'll kind of be a gradient, like shade, mm-hmm. shades of change, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. So these, these rye barrels, can I know where they're from? <laughs> I mean, they're Sentinel. I mean, the, yeah, well, I, I knew it. That. I, knew it was, the, I thought it was High West. Uh, uh, so that was that was our Fall Twenty One. Our mm-hmm. Fall Twenty One yep. Distillers Cut was finished in High mm-hmm. West. Um, was that, that a Kent Cheeseman good. joint? Uh, that was, yeah, Kent's nice. the one who, uh, who hooked us up with those. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was you know from a from a business standpoint, we mm-hmm. have a ton of rye barrels now. Makes sense. And mm-hmm. the focus of that Sentinel is that slight hint of mesquite in it, and mm-hmm. so. We harvested that and I'm staring at 50, 53 gallon rye barrels. And I'm like, let's see what it does for this year's ode. You know, let's, let's see how, again, that focus of the 95, five, that Mm -hmm. bright, punchy, peppery note, what's that going to do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perfect. 
Yeah, that's exciting. Um, totally, I'm so happy. I totally called that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, I was banking on High West. I was like, ah, I'm totally high West. Um, what do you bet. say we crack this? Uh, yeah. At least, uh, and I, I want a double cork pop out of it, or a triple cork pop. Um, but at least a break, double break the seal. Yeah, unfortunately, mine's already open. So uh-huh. <laughs> that'll be wow. I like to keep the the top, but this one's shredded, so it's not a bad thing. You keep the little plastic top? I do. It's weird, but like I don't know. But if it shreds, I'm out, you know. But nice, <laughs> nice little, nice little stuff. Okay, so I'm so excited about this one, and I'll just give myself or talk a little bit myself about what I remember of last year. I think I give this a nine point six five, which is one of the highest ratings I've ever given a whiskey. I think only to be beat by uh, E. H. Taylor Seasoned Wood, 2016. Uh, and maybe one other, maybe one. Other. I forget though. Um, and I remember it was very honey rich. I mean, I'm drinking it right now, so it's like nice honey, really well rounded, like sherry kind of feel to it. Um, uh, reminds me of, um, you know, I think of, I think of like some of the better Isla scotches that are well rounded and sweet. Um, but I also think there's something I, I think the tequila barrel really brought it home um or like the tequila you know edition last year really brought it home to be this smooth thing like i'll I'll tell people when they ask me what's the smoothest whiskey you've ever had i'm like smooth is not one of my go-tos but (laughs) if you say smoothest liquor i've ever had it was avion 44 i think which is a tequila of course Hmm. um which was like butter going down it was just wow like you can't even no one can complain with that one it's just pure hate to use the word smooth um but uh i think tequila you know the the finish on some of the uh, some of last year has really brought it home that's my that's my uh whatever you call it hypothesis but i might be wrong um so let me ask you this mark be honest are you as proud of this year's batch i am and maybe you should mention that after but yeah uh, i I, 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 I am i am okay and it's Uh I think you'll be surprised. I really, mm-hmm. I really do. Um, I've, I've gotten a lot of that of like, well, this isn't like last year's. It's totally. not, but again, I'm always, I'm always excited. I'm always. <laughs> you can tell it's just slightly right, I lower. I should have synchronized. Just... Mine is like yeah. a perfect <laughs> octave above yours. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> perfect. Oh yeah. Get some of that in here. Ooh. Oh, that's a uh, <laughs> like ASMR, yeah. <laughs> I really Gotta like do the that nose. every time. You know, I have no doubt that this will be a great whiskey. Whether it beats last year's or not, in my rating, I have no doubt in this. So one. if you'll I remember you guys are, mm-hmm. last year's conversation, I made mm-hmm. that comment. Like uh-huh. last year, the reaction to last year's was so amazing that I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm I'm kind of panicked now. <laughs> like, are we uh, are we right. going to be, and maybe not not even top. Like again, just mm-hmm. as good. Like that's yeah, yeah. that's always the goal. Is mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Uh, I, I'm a little um, giddy over here. Um, I, okay, yeah. I I'm a oh, yeah, big rye guy. I'm a I'm a big rye guy, and mm-hmm. um, there's yeah, so much rye on the nose to mm-hmm. this compared to the one. There is less smoke on the nose to me and there is 
beautiful rye spice and uh and um and rye uh hard candy that's uh, my note yeah sweetness mm-hmm. on the nose yeah. yeah and minimal mesquite comparatively to last year there was there was a barley like smoked from last year more so than this year's batch two is much more hard candy rye tiniest bit of um like that smokiness uh, but i have a feeling the smoke will show up on the palate but i might be wrong either way it's it's amazing nose so and it's really surprising nose. to get a you know single malt um that smells like a rye um and, and like, like a good rye too batch one on the nose is smoky and buttery bourbon uh very mm-hmm. very buttery to me mm-hmm. uh it it it's, um batch one just kind of smells like it's gonna have a thicker mouthfeel but batch two smells lighter um lighter yeah (laughs) i'm a huge fan of that nose um i uh yeah what is it jim murray the old you know no one no one uh, actually we might be doing an episode something soon that has to do with jim murray but um he would always split it into 25 points for nose, 25 points for palate, 25 points for finish. And then an overall kind of 25 points. So it would add up to a hundred. Um, and the nose is like a, is like a 25, 24 or like it's probably a 24 or 25 range. I'm loving it. Um, yeah. it's, it, but it's not like blowing your face off either. Like it's a really no. well balanced nose. So yeah, for sure. Let's go over that sip. <laughs> so I already did. So I'll start talking. I, uh, it was kind of exactly what I expected. And I really, really like it. Um, it's got a little rice spice. It's got way less smoke. Uh, I'm actually looking for the smoke a little bit, which is, which is good though. Um, it's just so, so rye forward. Especially going after you had that fall release. Yeah, like that really, really massive, aggressive smoke in in the fall. It is it's it's pulled back. Um, So the comparison. So this is a Chris Plunkett, who has been a huge, huge supporter of us Mm -hmm. since the very beginning and is one of our biggest smokeheads. And so that's why I was like, I want to get his thoughts on this. He tried the fall and the ode side by this year's ode side by side. And he's like, you know, the fall is like a bull that's out in the ring and it's bucking around and it's being aggressive and it's getting ready to throw the cowboy off. And the ode is that same bull, but it's in the shoot. Mm-hmm. It's a little more restrained. It's a little kind of that energy is held back a little yeah. that it's there, but it's not as in your face. Yeah, definitely from an intensity standpoint, I totally get that hundred percent. Yeah. The finish is driving me crazy on this too. And uh, driving me crazy in a good way. The finish is, um, it really evolves from the palate. Mm. What you get on the palate, there's a little higher hump. It continues to, intensity rises up a little bit after the palate to give you a nice, a little Mm. more spicy than hard candy finish. Mm -hmm. A little more on the spicy rice side, which again is so good for me. You got any uh, dessert wines finished in this batch? I was going to say um, sherry or port. No, I was thinking no. Sauternay or whatever it's pronounced. 
Mark. Yeah, knows. this is uh, Saturns. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, no, this is this is bulk rye finish. Again, mm-hmm. there is just like a sousson of last year's, which had nice. that heavy bourbon, had that tequila, and that really kind of that elevated was the um, was that rechar barrel that mm-hmm. that mesquite smoked rechar because what was present in that rechar barrel was the grain like mm-hmm. the barley came through in it and mm, nice if i'm being honest and i've had this conversation with people i'm so proud of this i think this mm-hmm. is beautiful i think it's balanced i want a little bit more smoke mm-hmm. uh, yeah and oh, here's the thing is i had for last year's i had this small amount of a distiller's cut that really never saw the light of day because by itself it just it wasn't where it needed to be because of the smoke level but being able to use that brought that smoke intensity forward in last year's and i didn't have that this year and so what we played around with was kind of our baseline smoke level that we use for our dorados i'm still really proud of this though and i'm still so pleased with what happened and it is again i think the smoke is there but it is again talk about playing with those smoke levels and going back to that and going yeah we're proud of this let's see what we can keep doing with it mm-hmm. yeah i'm gonna play with the smoke levels i'm gonna blend my own fall 2023 and my oh batch two together <laughs> it sounds real good so on the palette for me i was thinking about this one in a good way um up front is like rye showed up a lot more than I would have expected. Um, the when I compared it to uh, batch one, batch one is definitely barley forward uh, comparatively to batch two. Um, you know, you're getting those those nice notes of um, you know that kind of barley note, that kind of floral, sweet, um, and even potentially um, a little bit of that sherry kind of note that you can sometimes get from certain like Highland scotches, for example. But of course, with the with the mesquite to it. But then when I tried batch two, upfront rye, and it's very complex. I would actually even say this is more complex than batch one. Uh, and what I mean by that is it, it goes through a little bit of ups and downs, and you and it changes throughout. Uh, my opinion on the the mid palate for uh batch two was that it showed the smoke the smoke just all of a sudden is like hey here we are you know here you know smoke is plural of course so um and then um and then it turned into this really nice it reminded me uh, like 100 percent reminded me of last week's uh, uh found north which got a really high score as well um but only because it had this like nice fruity sourness to it uh, this night and not sour in like a really in a bad way at all. It was like this nice, like sharp and, but it's Tart. not too sharp. It's a weird way to Tart. put it, but like this, like, like lift of, of sour fruit, but in like a berry kind of way. Um, I loved it. Uh, I, so far on the palate, I think this is going to be very much up there or on the, the neat pour. It's going to be very much up there with last year in my rating uh, because the complexity is one thing and I do love that rye note that you get up front as well. And you get the rye note in the end too, but it's, it's very much different in that it is not barley forward on this one, which is crazy to me. And it's a single malt. It's got a hundred percent malted barley. Right. In it, so. mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Hmm. All right, let me pour a little more so I can do the water pour. Ooh. All right, you said it was 100% rye barrels. Uh, there were no other, there was no blending really of finishing barrels to go into this. You took all that rye. Besides the last year's? Last year's and a little bit of what I call our commodity MS, which is our mm -hmm. pre blended mesquite smoked whiskey before it becomes nice. Dorado. Gotcha, gotcha. Cool. All right, three drops for me. Last year, I was—I think I was most blown away that this did not disappoint in any of the pours, uh, especially the ice pour. Was like I remember like stopping in my tracks on the ice pour, being like, "How is this so good?" Recommendation so too is—is is one goes. large cube still the recommendation even for batch two? It is for me. I—I okay. um, I, don't get me wrong. Same thing. When we do these blends, we will give our recommendations, but we also want to focus on it needs to be enjoyable across every single area. It needs totally. to be good neat. It needs to be good with a little bit of water. It needs to be good mm -hmm. with some ice. Yeah, so far so good. Um, nose is a little more uh, alcohol vapor with some water. Uh, not a bad thing. Um, definitely rye forward as opposed to barley forward still. Um not getting as much sweetness on the nose, but I have a feeling the palate will be pretty sweet still. So we'll find yeah. out. We'll find I out. am. Uh, the complexity continues to impress me on this. It um, the nose. I uh, kind of the rye um, herbal and grassy notes that um, the rye spice uh, drops off with a little bit of water for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the so the nose is a little more on the creamy sweet side. And the palate is all candy and not much herb or or rice spice at all. I do like it a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, it's you. actually going to be hard for me to decide if I like water or meat more. Mm -hmm. This is a hard one too for me. Um, the rye was there, but the barley finally showed up. Uh, but as it was a good mixture of rye and barley, like I said, on the on the neat pour, it was like much more rye. But I feel like it's a good balance of rye and barley on the water pour. You said you had how many barrels of this for, for the oh rye? <laughs> like 50 um, plus or something? We're we're look Yeah. And a lot of them have gone out to other distilleries now, other totally. breweries. Nice. Um, this, uh, I want to say this batch, the backbone of it was... Oh God, was that four? It was six rye barrels mm -hmm. made up the backbone. So nice. It's very good. Yeah, it still kills it with ice. I mean, with water. I think <laughs> I prefer the neat though. There was a little bit of a drop off in the finish with a little bit of water, but that's not a bad thing. It's just I prefer the neat. So gonna add a little. Well done, Mark. Even so, how are you gonna do next year? <laughs> <laughs> so. And again, that's uh -huh. why I'm saying like, I, I'm so, we're, we're so proud of this year's, uh, yeah. the comment we kept getting was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 100%. which kind of like smooth, like, mm -hmm. yeah, I can't do much with beautiful in terms of mm -hmm. like, what's good, what needs to be improved. We did do a hyper smoked batch. Um, uh -huh. basically right after we blended this, I was like, okay. again, I, I want that dial, like the more dials mm -hmm. we have. Nice. And so we did lay down uh, a sizable batch of almost all 
mesquite smoked barrels. Nice. Like we, you know, we did, I want to say it was like an 80, 20. So 80% mm-hmm. smoked malt, 20% unsmoked malt going into mm-hmm. those barrels. Wow. And so, you know, very pronounced smoke, very pronounced mm-hmm. mesquite. And yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It'll, it's laid down specifically for Ode to Isla, but we also may taste it and go, we want this for something else. <laughs> so. Nice. Yeah, I dig that. Uh, you, best knows yet. Before you go Good ice, ice, real quick, mm-hmm. I went a little more water just to see how far I can take this. Mm-hmm. A little more water. It got a little bitter. So I think uh makes me kind of lean more. Maybe I do like the meat the best because I did only just put a smidge of water in there. And um, mm-hmm. anyway... That uh, it got a little bitter on the back end with the uh, with a little too much water, but I did. Uh, I'll, I'll go ice now with Cole, and um, I specifically because it was in the, in the recommendation to have one large cube. You got a cube. Bring one big ice. <laughs> I'm gonna do a whole new pour. I knew I was gonna like this enough to want another whole oh, pour it. after this. Mm-hmm. So I got a big old cube here ready for me. But what? How do you think big? About Show me how big. How big are your cubes? (laughs) Anyway, no, uh, nose so far with the ice is my favorite nose so far. Ooh, big cube. Now it has Um, my hand oils all over it, all over that cube. Um, it is uh bringing in that um that that note that i mentioned on the neat at the finish where it's like a little bit sour but in a really good fruity way um you know one of the other things i think i mentioned last year was that honey was a lot more forward on the batch one not as Mm. much on batch two more of a white sugar uh not not so much a brown sugar either but um i'm digging it uh great nose with ice Mm. did you put some ice in there too mark Nice I cold. did. Unfortunately, Was that a seltzer, Mark? That is a seltzer, yeah. Nice. Um, I drink so many seltzer. I <laughs> That's what too. our last guest said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. to the point that this is this is kind of how obsessive I tend to get is uh-huh. when when we're doing sensory on things, I will mm-hmm. typically do by itself still water, seltzer water. Totally. Because it changes. The acidity of your seltzer oh, water yeah. is going to change. Yeah. Carbonic acid. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I also like to taste things at the distillery at home and somewhere out in public. Oh, that's cool. So, so where do you go in public? Uh, it depends. Trade secret. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, it, it really depends. Um, typically somewhere outside. Um, I also nice. like to go someplace. There's going to be strong odors. Um, I make a lot of efforts for consistency of things I'm nose blind to at the mm-hmm. distillery. But I also understand most people aren't drinking like that. And so Mm -hmm. I think of back when I used to occasionally work in radio, I had a sound designer who once said, yeah, do your initial editing on really nice headphones. But before Mm -hmm. you send anything out, get really terrible, like dollar store ones and and listen to it because, Mm -hmm. yeah, it may sound great on here, but most people don't have this. So it's that idea of how how are how how is the most people going how are most people going to uh enjoy your product yeah, yeah like a phone app development like yeah i'm sure they <laughs> yeah, use yeah. really nice computers or whatever to develop that game or something but mm-hmm. people are going to be playing it on some cell phone from 2014 <laughs> and <laughs> if it crashes all the time they're going to be like i'm out <laughs> exactly yeah. um uh, palette with the ice 
good throughout. No complaints. I don't know if it beats the neat though. Um, you know, the, the, the whiskey is cooler. Weird. Yeah. Uh, however that happens. Yeah. Who, science, man. I don't even know. <laughs> uh, so it, it stands up to, mm-hmm. it, it still stands up with ice. There yeah, is substance there, but it's entirely different to me. And granted, now I'm drinking out of a uh, out of a lowball glass like this with a giant cube. I have no nose notes on this. I can't smell anything. Mm. I even tried to cover up <laughs> most of my glass so I could sniff. But so anyway, we'll trust Cole's nose notes on that. Yeah, great. But so. uh, um, it's back to closer to batch one with that butteriness. Mm-hmm. um it's uh it's creamy buttery now and there is i can't find any rye notes anymore with my big ice cube uh yeah. it's just uh the descriptor we all love smooth and and, and <laughs> creamy and buttery uh yeah. it's tremendously easy it's drinking so far below 110 proof i don't even know where to put it right uh, <laughs> i could pan this to anybody and they would love it because it's mm-hmm. just smooth, buttery, creamy. Zero rye hard candy and zero rye spice anymore, though. Yeah, I'm definitely much more barley forward on the ice, uh, as well as the smoke shows up a little more, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I see Which that. is one of the reasons I really like it on that ice, is mm-hmm. that that much slower dilution totally really lets that smoke blossom especially across mm-hmm. the mid palate which it's present through the mid palate throughout but again just that's to me why i like it with that big cube oh that's great yeah all Ooh. right i've tried it all three ways and i, uh, I still can't decide which is better I, uh, <laughs> i'm gonna which is a good thing mark I, that's like no like, i'm I'm, yeah. I'm thrilled i'm absolutely thrilled with that huh let me try one more sip I know. I uh, I poured my water uh, into my one. ice so I could pour a little more neat. Uh-huh. Just just to give it one more go here. Um, yeah, man. I uh, I think I can definitively say I like this more than batch one though because nice. I'm a big time rye guy, and and neat and at least a little water gives me those rye notes that I love to drink anytime. <laughs> and I'm right there with you. I'm a big rye guy. And nice. what I what I was hoping the rye barrel was going to do, it did it. It brightened it. And because oh, you, like you said, you have these brown sugar, baking spice, clove in batch one, and you still get some of that, but it is just, it's brightened. It's a little more floral. It's, and the complexity. I'm, I'm really happy to hear you guys talk about the complexity because that mm. is something that we always try to try to look for is, one note things tend to be boring and getting something that getting a dram that can go basically tell its own story from start to finish. That's, that's kind of always the goal. All right. You did it, Mark. That's (laughs) two beats batch one for me, Uh, but not by much. They're very close. So last year I gave, um, Oh, to Isla batch one, a 9.65. But I don't think this is yet uh, beating um, the H. Taylor season wood yet. Uh, <laughs> but I do think it's it's getting there. And I think this is a nine uh, nine point 
six seven five that's right going into the thousands (laughs) moving on up i I really do think it is better and i i applaud you because honestly i didn't think you could outdo last year and not that not because of who you are not because anything but just because it was so good last year um and i really mean that this is even better than last year so did you you get any like did the whiskey wash um call it the best whiskey they ever had again this year or was there any uh external um, you know we i haven't seen any of the reviews come through yet so Mm. yeah last year or uh, no not not even last year actually Mm. batch one i'm pretty sure yeah it came out march 6 2023 we Um, did our episode march 6 yeah Mm -hmm. and i don't know when ode itself came out batch one but uh there was plenty of time before Mm -hmm. we recorded before you recorded uh your Mm. your ode isla batch one so maybe uh maybe the reviews are coming i don't know maybe we're on the forefront everyone's gonna tune in to chill filtered Mm -hmm. (laughs) we also find out how good it is we also released it an entire month early this year so there we go i was curious it's always dropped the first saturday of december and we kind of wanted to give a little bit more time and Mm -hmm. give people a little more access which is still also super humbling and just absolutely mm-hmm. just again makes what we're doing worth it. You know, we we increase the amount of bottles for this year, which you know is nice. also that's another thing we've changed and you focus scaling on up. scaling up. Yeah. And last year we sold out at the distillery in just over a week. Nice. And around almost just shy of two weeks, we sold out at the distillery. This time. So this time. So nice. people people are still loving it and they're supporting that's it. And that's great. just been absolutely amazing. I think we're sold out. I don't tend to cross the line uh-huh. into retail too often. So there may be some bottles, but I do know when I came back, there was nothing back in the warehouse. So nice. Hey. So we had some of our listeners reach out and talk about oh, I guess I'll yeah, I'll let you do your rating in a moment, Brian. But we talked about um <laughs> some of our listeners. One one or two are in Canada. And they were like, hey, when are we going to get some of those goodies? And then uh, one of them, it was in Wisconsin. And I I guess that he wasn't the one. Um, But uh, is there any progress in further distribution for for, uh, Ode to Isla? Or even just Del Bac, yeah. Yes. So we did just open... our our VP of sales and marketing is going to kill me. I think five. Yeah. We just opened five new markets. Oh, nice! And heading into 2024, I think we have at least three, if not four, nice. on the docket that have basically said we want you guys. It's just we're heading into what we call OND October, November, December. Mm-hmm. It's a nightmare to try and launch new brands because yeah. everyone's just focusing on getting through the year and the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we're 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 expanding and. That's awesome. I can do the shameless self plug. Um, we did just partner with Big Thirst, and nice. we can. It's not technically coming directly through us uh, because mm-hmm. we can't do that through the three tier system. But if you go to our website, and there's two options: there's buy in Arizona, buy outside of Arizona. Forty two states can get nice. us shipped directly to them now. That's sweet, including Ode to Isla. Nice. Assuming it hasn't sold out because they did pick up 50 cases of it and sold oh, wow. through it in about five days. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, that's how you Again, know. It's, 
it's it's amazing it yeah it really it really means a lot is international is that just a whole other beast i I mean like alberta canada for example like Mm -hmm. is that just a humongous uh, some other hurdle that's maybe sometime in the future kind of thing or how does that work we would love to um Mm. it's it's finding the demand you know is when, when you hit that demand then that becomes a lot more reasonable we also have to balance that with fulfilling the u.s you know we're small we yeah. were a small batch producer in Tucson, Arizona. And while growth is amazing and, you know, we're focused on growth, we want to grow, we want to be successful. You don't want to sacrifice the quality. You know, totally. you, you find that balance of, you know, maximizing efficiency and mm-hmm. still producing the quality of the product that brought you that attention. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, no, I, I we would love to be in Canada. Uh, we actually focusing on being i hate this term too from marketing but disruptors we've actually had interest in the uk nice big interest but here's the thing i'm not surprised you cannot call it whiskey in the uk unless it's three years old oh we we would be a spirit malt drink Oh, you only yeah. sold Odila. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, and that we've had a couple. We're like, okay, these technically qualify, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah. we wouldn't even be able to call ourselves Whiskey Del Bach. We would have to take the whiskey out of our brand name. That's funny. We had one of the biggest, uh, I don't know that I can drop their names, but one of the biggest mm-hmm. importers of American craft whiskey in the UK. Yeah write an article in their magazine basically saying the three-year rule is it's outdated you shouldn't yeah. have it mm-hmm. i get and it for sp- scotch but maybe not for whiskey but whiskey yeah. like yeah. you cannot yeah. call it whiskey and they were like mm-hmm. and they pointed to whiskey del Bach. they were like whiskey nice. del Bach. you are and basically they said the uk is missing out on this whiskey because of this oh. arbitrary from from world war ii wow. maybe even world <laughs> war one regulation mm-hmm that it has to be three years to be whiskey. And so right. the interest is there and we would love to, it is, it's also, yeah, a whole other, hmm. it's amazing being in the liquor industry. Like it's, it's a huge honor to be able to create things like this, you know, that bring people together, but there's also a lot of regulations and there's oh, a lot yeah. of, a lot of hoops you have to jump through. And mm-hmm. obviously you want to make sure you're doing that right. Yeah. Right. No, that's cool. Good to know. Uh, Brian, what, what's your rating on this one? Yeah. Okay. I'm uh, so we reserve the 9.0 tier and above for a classification we lovingly call Hubbada what? Hubbada what? what? The fact <laughs> yeah. that this whiskey withstands water and ice the, yeah. and that it, 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 it stands up to it and it's still delicious in, in every way almost just instantly qualifies it as hub it or what so yeah. easily 9.0 i mean if you deem 9.0 truly exceptional i, I deem this mm-hmm. truly exceptional and uh i'm so i'm gonna peg this at 9.3 nice. that uh and if i Thank were you. to have given a rating to batch one i'm i'm going off memory from an hour ago when i was drinking batch one but i think batch one would still be 9.1 ish it wouldn't be right next to it, but there'd be a little space. It'd still be very good, but I, the rye lover, am pegging batch two a little bit higher mm. because on the neat pour and with a smidge of water, you're getting some rye hard candy notes and a little bit of rye spice 
and uh, th- there's a little bit of smoke there. It's not uh, anyway. It's it's delicious with the rye rye uh, uh, hard killer. Can. Love it, love it. No, thank you. Yeah, I remember last year just being blown away. Like, how can you outdo this? And I think you have, um, which is amazing. So, um, yeah. Thank you. See how next year goes. <laughs> more pressure. Oh, God. Really yeah. So more more questions there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If uh, into this next segment of the show where we would normally, you know, talk about a news article or something. Mm-hmm. Let, can we just rapid fire some questions? Just uh, mm-hmm. just ask you some more questions. Oh, please. Where future versions of Oda yes. Isla. So we had a bourbon finish. We had a rye finish. Are there any particularly interesting, unique finishes in the future? Or can we expect some sort of just a wobble between bourbon and rye all the time? Or are you going to go crazy with it? Or what do you think? Yeah. You're, you're going to see rye being the dominant. Nice. Um, one, yeah. just because of how happy I was with it. Like, mm-hmm. it yeah, nice. just That's what I like coming to, to it, you know, again it's finding that balance that balance of Mm -hmm. do you keep changing things and eventually you go wow we completely screwed this up so you're going (laughs) to keep seeing that that rye being the dominant finish we're starting to cycle through some of our other finishing barrels and so i'm going to be really excited to see what we can do again like using it as a light spice like Mm -hmm. i'm a big believer you can over finish whiskey you know you still need to be able to taste that core whiskey that went into that finishing barrel and so as you get into those third use fourth use sometimes even fifth use it's it's small it's it's these slight changes and so i'm hoping as we start growing as we continue to grow the brand we can start folding some of those almost pushing spent but not quite finishing barrels to again complexity and adding that nuance and one of the things that's been amazing and I think, you know, whiskey at all Bach was doing it long before I ever came here mm-hmm. is it is very hard to make a, in my opinion, at least a single grain whiskey complex. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's the more, as you add grains, you add complexity, you add mm-hmm. kind of nuance to the new make, which then goes into that finished product. And one of the reasons I was attracted to whiskey del Bach and why I was, honored and thrilled when they offered me the position was whiskey del Bach is a nuanced, interesting single malt totally. and to keep pushing that, like to keep creating these whiskeys that tell their own stories is the way I always like to put it. Mm-hmm. Nice. I love that. Next question slash suggestion. And you can, you can write my name <laughs> on the bottle next time for the suggestion. Um, we kind of alluded to it, but um, I, think it would be good to put batch three on batch three like on the bottle so uh yes 100 mm-hmm. percent agreed uh had that conversation with our vp of sales and marketing nice. starting and not just for ode to isla for the mm-hmm. frontera for the normandy because mm-hmm. i was staring at two bottles of i can tell the difference between last year's and this year's frontera because yeah. we changed the proof mm-hmm. nice. we, we upped the proof a little bit so i can mm-hmm. look at that label and tell you other than permanent marker that i marked on it i 
don't mm-hmm. know which ones are last year's That's and this funny. year's Normandy. So, mm-hmm. so yes, starting next year, we will have batch numbers on. Yeah, and then they'll be like, wow, batch one was a collector's item because it didn't even have a batch no, number on it. Right. Batch and two. batch two, too. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I'll tell you, I was at Total Wine. It was like, I don't know, the day the press release said the mm-hmm. uh, b- bottles were going to be available or whatever i was at total wine and there was sure enough there was an ode to isla on the shelf it's or crazy. uh okay no let me pull it back a little bit it was a buddy of mine who was at total wine uh-huh. and he sent a picture of an ode to isla because i told him that like batch two is coming out i'm really excited about it blah 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 so he sent this picture and i was like i was like uh uh don't buy it for me whole uh, i'll i'm sure i'll be able to find it i don't know or i'm oh yeah i bought one straight from you guys but anyway if that was me, if I had been there at that total wine, I would have bought that bottle. Turns out that bottle was a batch one. I don't oh, know wow. where it was, what how it gets Hiding hung up in the, the distribution system. I don't know. <laughs> but I absolutely would have bought that thinking it was batch two. I would have brought no. it home. I would have set <laughs> it next to my batch one. <laughs> Cool. Batch two says bourbon. Batch one says bourbon. I would have just assumed the whole thing. The consistency is unreal. Yeah, it's it's we're always learning lessons. You know, That's it's cool. it's looking back and going, oh yeah, we we should have done this. We but yeah, that will that will be next year. That conversation has happened of we really need to differentiate, especially with Odila, totally. as we mm-hmm. are changing that every year. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. I'm so happy to hear that because uh, the I think the thing that means most to me is there are other brands where I was introduced to their product. They're introduced to their special editions without knowing that there was any history there. And mm-hmm. to be so impressed with a bottle and to look and see that it says batch seven on the bottle mm-hmm. and to think yeah. there are six previous batches. I didn't even know it just it it escalates my interest in the brand to to no end uh where like now it's like if i ever see any buddies of mine or any people on any trading sites or whatever like i want to pick one of these old ones up because it i loved this one so much and these are unobtainable and blah 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 so i'm so happy that's happening with with us (laughs) yeah good stuff so we had one of our listeners reach out and said any other grains you ever going to work with anything besides of your own make anything besides barley mm. multi barley you know not in the foreseeable future mm-hmm. um it's just that. single malt is tough single malt is labor intensive mm-hmm. it's low yielding it 100% of our capacity is dedicated to yeah. single malt and that's that's what we're built for it's what we built our name on you know i can't say never you know, there's mm-hmm. there's always that chance, but the way we're set up now, totally. it's we're we're single malt. Um, now it. we are in conversation with a couple of different growers, a couple of different malt Ooh. houses to start playing around with different malts types. Ooh, yeah. I'm again yeah. hasn't hasn't happened yet. Up. Conversations totally, but it's it's again it's finding that balance of. We have we have to keep making the stuff that made us famous, the stuff that people love, the stuff that we're proud of, but also continuing to experiment and play yeah. around with. And we actually just had a really good conversation with a visiting maltster a couple of weeks ago who spent okay. some time over in Scotland nice. and was like, hey, take a look at our malting system because, you know, we do our smoked malt in house. 
what do you think we could do even here? You know, what are mm-hmm. some changes we could make, some things we can tweak? So, so yeah, so other grains own make, I, I don't see that happening, at least not for a while. Hey, you're okay. killing it right now. Why stop? <laughs> and you're killing it on different levels. Like, it's not just like you're making one consistent thing amazing. It's like you're making multiple things amazing. We, we look at it like we look at it like a restaurant menu. Mm-hmm. If if they're doing 10 things, those 10 things are probably amazing. Yeah. Right. If they're and doing 110 things, mm-hmm. too much. Probably to OK. Yeah, yeah. yeah, makes sense. Brian, you want to hit the next question? Yeah. Uh, so just. So, uh, Madtown marketer Ben Klepsig, one of our favorites, Ayo. he uh, he is curious if there are any other single malt distilleries that are impressing you. Who's on your list? Who are you looking at? And you're you're maybe taking some inspiration from, or anybody else that you think is is doing it right? Cedar Ridge in Iowa. Oh um, yeah, their their quintessential is mm-hmm. unreal. Um, Good to know. it's, it's brilliant. It's balanced. It is so unique. And at least for me, those are the things that really stand out to me. Like if I can taste something and I'm like, you have found your voice, you have nice. found the style. So Cedar Ridge, definitely the quintessential, um, mm-hmm. Andalusia okay. out of Texas. Um, Ooh. same thing like Andalusia is just absolutely crushing it. Um, never even heard of them. I don't think. They're they're small. They're only a, okay. uh, I think only a couple of years old. I I could be nice. wrong. And Andalusia guys, if you're listening, I'm and you've been around. I'm so sorry, but Andalusia, if you can get your hands on it, absolutely brilliant, brilliant. Work. Nice. That's great. Now we're keeping um, an eye on now. Yeah, and it's just it's and there's more and more coming out. You know, there's mm-hmm. more that are just producing high quality interesting single malt and you know obviously over a year later we're still hoping for this ttb designation Mm -hmm. but i just always tell people like for better for worse you know bourbon has a flavor profile rye has a flavor profile you tend to Mm -hmm. have and they're good i love them but they tend to kind of be within that bell curve of mm-hmm. what what you expect them to to taste like while we have those guidelines within american single malt you know 100 malted barley mm-hmm. made by one distillery in the u.s mm-hmm. uh you can use new oak like we do yeah but mm-hmm. you can use use you can use use cooperage totally which a lot of people are doing you can change the type of malt you're using you mm-hmm. again you have all these different things that what impresses me about the industry and what makes me excited and like honored to be a part of it is you're seeing these distilleries create their individual identities. And Mm -hmm. you may have had one American single malt and maybe you didn't like it, but there's probably one out there that you do like because what Mm. we're doing is different than what Westland's doing. That's different than what Spalcones is doing. And so just, you know, keep your eye out and pick up bottles. But but yeah, there's and, you know, a, this is a plug for the American Single Malt Whiskey Commission. Check out their website. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they will have a full list of people who are active members, distilleries that are involved. And if you can get your hands on them, try them because, yeah, nice. it's malted barley, water, yeast, the barrel. 
but it's going to be completely different. Right. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oversimplifying. All you need is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you'll get Whiskey Del Bach. Like, <laughs> Boom. Yeah. That is the recipe. You heard it right here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. That's um, why we're also transparent because totally. I'm, a, I'm a huge believer. I can give you my mash bills. I can give you the mm-hmm. yeast I use. I can give you every single step of my SOP and what we've done in the past at Whiskey Del Bach, what we do in the future, and it will not taste like what we're doing mm-hmm. because you don't have our Rick house. You don't have our mm-hmm. still. You don't have the flora and fauna floating in the air that yeah. is mm-hmm. getting into yeah. our stuff. So, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's really exciting and it is just absolutely amazing to see what, what everyone's doing within the industry. Yeah, that's cool. I noticed you guys also uh, from last year, Robbie was uh, begging for a uh, certain panel hat. Five and panel I noticed hat. on the merch Five panel website, hat. Yeah. yeah, you guys finally <laughs> pulled it off and it looks good. It's a good so, hat. I, yeah. I will go with the dad hat. I'm uh-huh. officially, I'm pushing 40 my my kids grown <laughs> i will do the dad hat now so yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good thing. no it looks beautiful i should pick one up myself i'm not much of a hat guy yeah but it looks good <laughs> so, yeah. uh so i will say ben uh had a couple more questions too so he was curious you you kind of alluded to this earlier. You pointed to the barrels behind mm-hmm. you because you're literally in the Rick house right now. Right now at this moment. Totally. <laughs> right back there. Smell it. <laughs> so any long-term stocks laid down for like a 10-year, 15-year, 20-year? Are you guys shooting for the stars with any sort of age statement products? So we've obviously kind of become a death-to-age statement mm-hmm. uh, distillery because... While we're we're fan of age statements because it's transparency, you know, it is that mm-hmm. idea of you are telling people exactly what you're getting. There is an over reliance yeah. on age statement equaling quality. Uh, that being said, again, it's a lot of it. Sometimes is just feeding the beast. It is getting stuff laid down, getting stock ready, and getting it out the door in the bottles. We do have one barrel. It's a used bourbon barrel. I want to say it's barrel number 1000. So that's from, Whoa. that's from year. That's from years ago. Nice. Uh, long before pretty much any of the production team was ever there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about half empty now <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> because aggressive angel share. Um, right. mm-hmm. I think that's one that when we taste it and it's the time it will come out. Nice. Um, I, I would love to, you know, I, I have some really nice used cooperage that I walk past every morning and I go, I want to fill you and I want to let you sit for a decade and I mm-hmm. want to see what happens. M- maybe a couple of years from now. Um, cool. Unfortunately, nothing actively in the works. The, the 253s, obviously. And then, yeah, that used bourbon barrel, barrel number thousand. We'll keep an eye out for that. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's cool. He also asked, uh, any other fun experiments you guys got going on besides what was already mentioned today? I mean, yeah, like what we talked about, you know, we've mm-hmm. we've got a good rhythm. Uh, we're always looking at ways we can change our malting in-house. Um, yeah. We would love, 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 love to do more Arizona barley. Wow, um, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Sinagua Malt House here in Arizona, mm-hmm. they're doing amazing work. We've had some conversations with them. 
most of their stock goes to Arizona Wilderness. If you're mm. familiar with them, yeah, yeah, you know yep. they're a brewery up in Phoenix, and mm-hmm. so we're having those conversations uh, again. It's right now our we have two mash bills. We have our unsmoked. Mm-hmm. We have our mesquite smoked. Those yep. are distillers malts. They are mm-hmm. very light roast. We're focusing on you know conversion. We're focusing on yield while still getting the high quality taste. Mm-hmm. I, I want to start playing with some more different, uh, with some different malt styles. I would also love to play with some different yeasts. Um, cool. Talking about what other single malt distilleries are doing uh, westward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they put out. I think they just put out their second batch of their sourdough. Nice. And it is a single malt that is fermented with a sourdough starter. I Ooh. love that. And I have batch one sitting on my bar, Whoa. and nice. it is brilliant. It is unlike anything I've ever tasted. It is complex. It is, you taste it and you're like, this is a single malt. It's just, it's so interesting. And so things like that, I would love to start playing around with. That'd be cool. Yeah, that's the limit. Talking to one of the uh, tour guides when I was just in Mm -hmm. Portland in February, he was like, well, I wasn't here yet. He's like, but but what everyone told me was it smelled terrible while I was fermenting and it smelled terrible while I was distilling, (laughs) but the end product is beautiful. And so, yeah, just being able to, you know, we're, we're big believers in trying to be conservators, uh, conservators of our environment. We're big believers Mm -hmm. in, you know, leaning into what the Sonoran desert offers us. And so it's something we'll keep looking at, you know, is, I've been lucky enough and, you know, Stephen, our co-founder and Kent, our CEO have been mm-hmm. willing enough to experiment that we bring ideas to them and go, Hey, what about this? And most yeah. of the time they let us play around with that. Nice. That's a great <laughs> so, environment. Yeah, it, is. Sure. it is. Yeah. Any other questions? I think we nailed them all. Yeah, um, I think we did too. Yeah. So Mark, it's an honor to have you on. Like, honestly, if you told me, five years ago that I'd have guests like you on this podcast. I'd be like, yeah, that will never happen. So, so handsome. Yes. <laughs> so, and so, so that's so one question handsome. we never really fully, fully got to. How did you get so handsome? Yeah. It's what the happened? facial hair. It's the, facial uh, hair. It's, yeah, exactly. uh, I, I finally in my late thirties can grow a beard. Nice. <laughs> like, if you look at pictures of me years past, I'm, I'm baby faced, but no, oh, that's so funny. Uh, I got a, I think it's over here. I think it's over here. I got like uh, a patch on the right side of my, Oh yeah. That's where mine notice. is. Yeah. <laughs> right, right side. Nice oh. little bit of alopecia. Oh, just twinsies. Twinsies. <laughs> uh, but no, it's uh, thank you guys as always is it's it's a huge honor you know we we go in every day and obviously we're proud of the stuff we do but it Mm -hmm. makes a huge difference that people appreciate it and it's it's an honor to be able to share what we love with with you guys and with your listeners and with everyone who enjoys whiskey del bach that's great i hope uh I certainly hope that you can uh, at least be proud of next year, even though I know it's uh, you got your work cut out for you and like uh, the pressure's yeah, yeah. on, but I hope you can even outdo it. I hope that uh, anyone who gets keyed off on the rye spice and the rye hard candy gets one of these bottles before they sell out. You hoping mm-hmm. for anything, Mark? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for that TTB designation. 
it's it's not that not that we need it you know we're we're out here you know the entire single american single malt community is making a name for itself but it legitimizes Mm it and i i hope personally that there are more people who love american whiskey who can come to the category and again that even if you don't like whiskey delbach i mean obviously we want you to like us but we get it, you know, it'd be boring Mm. if everyone liked the same thing. And so go out there, try your local craft distillery. If they're doing a single malt, even if they're not doing a single malt, try your local craft distillery. We're going through a Renaissance right now. There are so many amazing local distilleries and just, you know, it's, it's easy to fall in the rut of the usual stuff you pick up every day at the liquor store, but you know, there are people out there crushing it and go out and help support them and you'll find something you like. I know you will. And if you're lucky enough to uh, have my experience with Whiskey Delbach, gift someone Whiskey Delbach and then they will be turned on to it. So I hope that some people out there that are like, hey, I get Whiskey Delbach all the time. It's amazing. Well, I hope you gift it this week. But most of all listeners, I hope that our love of whiskey lifted your spirits. You're both yeah. idiots! Sweet! Is a smattering of Del oh, yeah. Hey. Uh, 